Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Craig! One, two, three QBs, tell us Lynch you love more. <laughs> to sling the ball on Saturday nights, that is what fall camp is for. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I Apparently, go, that is what fall camp is for after the last I couple of years. to go deep into my 2000s pop references for that one. <laughs> I think that was from like the 2007. Yeah, I don't it's even the song know. One, two, three, four by Feist. Yeah, I, I, I was not. Uh, I don't think hip enough to know that song very well. Oh yeah, it is. It's more of an indie pop, but I think she got some pretty good. Uh, yeah. I think it even got into some uh, commercials and things like that. I see. I see. Well, what's up, buddy? Not much. We're recording on a Monday, which is pretty weird. I know. I'm like. Uh, I'm trying hard to like. Kind of, I, I just feel like I'm moving like a sloth right now. It's about what? It's like eight o'clock, eight eight forty five. It's eight forty five. Feel like I'm moving like a sloth, and uh, it is Monday. But when you're on uh, when you're on teacher break, it's like every day is whatever day you want it to be. Like yep. it's sort of bizarre. Uh, I don't know how many people have ever been on vacation long enough to just lose track of the days. I, mm-hmm. I in fact, I don't even know. Like you've taken long vacations before. How, how long? into a vacation do you have to get before you're like, I actually don't know what day it is. Mm. I've done like two week vacations and they've always involved lots of like moving from place to place. So, uh, it's when you're under that like pressure, you don't, you don't forget what day it is. Um, but, but I can, but I think if you were just doing like a couple weeks at the same place, um, but what I should say is that this is podcast versus everyone. This is, Podcast I'm your, versus everyone. I'm your host, Craig Powers, and my co-host That's right. is the sluggish Jeff That's Neusser. Me. I'm not I, – see, this is the thing. Like, I don't feel sluggish. I'm just, like, slow right now. Like, I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever, but I don't know. I did see uh, Sarah, my, my wife Sarah, for new listeners, uh, follow somebody on Instagram who had a picture of – basically, she was holding up a sign. So it's like this uh, – account that's like teacher life and she's holding up the sign that says like when you don't know what day it is anymore because you're on summer vacation i was like yeah other people feel that way too so but going back to school here in a couple i'm down to like about two weeks left of uh yeah. of freedom you'll start knowing the day what day it is because you'll be counting down to that first day <laughs> i know i'll be so depressed i do get a little depressed like it's just sort of like oh gotta go back oh well but yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, what are you drinking to deal with your mild depression? Well, when I uh, when I went to Matchless last week or the week before, whatever whatever week it was, uh, I picked up a few beers. So this is the next Matchless selection. This is the uh, Palma Berry, which is a tart saison with apple and blueberry added. Yeah, or maybe it's Palmberry. It's apple cider. Good palm. Uh, so palm uh, is like apple in French. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, that makes sense. And uh, I like thought it was like de terra or something yeah. like that, is, or whatever 
prawn bite is like a potato. So like it's like apple of the ground is potato in French. Okay. All right. But we'll palm see. and so palm, palm and berry. So palm and blueberry. So they actually put apple cider in that beer if I'm. Yes. So he said it just made sense to blend our year old mixed culture saison with apple cider and fresh whole blueberries. So. So how are you yeah. feeling about that one? It's excellent. Um, not too tart. Definitely tart, but not too tart. Um, not too acidic, which is always really nice. That's probably, I would imagine, has a lot to do with putting apple cider in it, which is you know, tends to be more sweet and not acidic. Anyway. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's so funny story. When I bought it, I thought I was buying some kind of pomegranate something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, nice surprise, but yeah, like, uh, a little bit different from last week's, uh, tart beer from matchless. This one, uh, like, like I said, Saison based instead of the, uh, the Flanders ale base. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Good. It's it's pretty funny. I uh, Amanda and I t- uh, took B down to the Engine House Nine. We went for a walk and went to the Engine House Nine restaurant uh, for dinner tonight. And sure enough, I had that beer on tap there. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, I so I can give my review because I had it. All there you of, go. Let's all hear of an it. hour and a half ago. Had a boy. Um, yeah, I def- had beautiful color. Um, man, yeah. that's a beautiful color. I, you could tell it's a blueberry yep. beer just because like the kind of, kind of deep color to it. Um, there was definitely, I hadn't read the description. I, I, I saw palms. So I thought apple, but I also thought maybe it was pomegranate. Oh, good. I wasn't well. the only one. No, yeah. I was like, I wonder, there's definitely like blueberry in this, but there's something else because it, it has this sort of, it's, it definitely is Saison based, but it has this sort of like, a little bit of like vinegary quality to it. It's got this sort of like interesting and then it's kind of like, like up more uptick, uptick sweetness than you would expect out of it. And I was like, where the heck is that coming from? They're calling it a Saison base. Like I would expect this more of a darker base. And then I read, I went on untapped and read the description. Yeah, sure enough, the apple cider, I think is definitely what I was picking up there. So I would say I probably don't love the apple cider addition to it. Uh, but there's not a, you can't, uh, you don't see, uh, you rarely see beers that are made with apples in them. I just don't think, one, I think they have way too many fermentable sugars. Uh, you could cut, you could up, up tick the, um, the alcohol in your beer quite a bit if you if you let it ferment too much um but uh, but i also uh um i i think that they just you know that if you you can throw you can crush up some berries and throw them in and they're basically juice and but like apple if you just throw a whole apple like if you're throwing whole apple fruit in there so you end up seeing it like they just they just take cider and throw it in and it definitely impacts like they have that thing listed at like six and a half percent but i think some of that apple cider fermented and brought it a little bigger to be honest because it tastes a little (laughs) i'll let you know by the end yeah right i'll let Um, you know in an hour yeah but that's funny that you uh that you did that beer that is pretty hilarious i just so happened to have that one uh today um but yeah so uh i am drinking another uh beer i picked up in i said last podcast i went to yakima um so uh this week I, I I'm drinking a beer from Yakima again uh in a crowler, so I was able to save for this long. Um so this is a uh, uh, a beer called Slow Motion Potion from Valley Brewing. Uh 
Uh, so that fits with um, our sluggish start to this podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, so this is, uh, it's a hazy IPA. Um, I'll truthfully, I've, I've had this beer many times before, and I think this is one of the best examples of a New England style IPA, like in the state of Washington. Um, I think it's very well done. Um, this is kind of, they nail the kind of creamy mouthfeel. They nail the, uh, low bitterness with, with great aroma. Um, so I, I, I had it for the first time, I think a little over a year ago when I was visiting Yakima and I was just, uh, one, one of my friends, he's, he's got a buddy that brews there. And so he's like, Hey, you know, uh, you should definitely check them out. They're one of my favorites. And, you know, my friend is like, uh, like he drinks craft beer, but he's not like, you know, super craft beer nerd. So I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll just be okay. He just likes because of his friend, but actually turned out this, that some of their other beers are very good, but this one's like, they were talking to uh, it, for people that are looking for, you know, a hazy IPA that's you know close to the New England style. Like this one's super on point, and I've been very impressed with it. It's I've had it in the crawler for you know over a week now, so I think it's getting got a little bit of oxidation, a little bit of less carbonation, but it's still tasting pretty damn good. Um, so well done, Valley Brewing in Yakima. Um, Definitely, you know, if you're in Yakima again, we talked about this last week. We don't need to hear about no, that no one stops in Yakima, uh, Jeff. But, uh, but, uh, but if you ever. Hey, man, in, don't, don't, don't hold that against me now. Like, just, don't. just, uh, just if you're ever in Yakima, go ahead and, and, uh, give them a, give them a stop. Um, uh, also, I should, I should point out that I got invited to a Facebook group by someone who went to, I don't know if I went to high school with him, but, um, he's from, uh, from Natchez where I'm from. And I got invited to a, uh, a Facebook group called Yakima is beautiful. And apparently when you get invited to a Facebook group group and you don't like accept it right away, they just keep putting posts from that group into your feed. And so you just <laughs> like, like ju- just in case let, you like want to know what you're missing. Group. right? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, cool pictures of Yakima. Okay. Look at what you're me. missing. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, that's okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to join the Yakima is beautiful page. Um, I, I see Yakima enough. I don't need to see anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, another just on the topic of Yakima, I'll continue. Um, Amanda and I, before this podcast, uh, split a beer from a brewery in San Diego called, uh, Pariah. And the beer was called Pine by Yakima. So it's like a play on a name for a cologne. Yeah. So they, like in the description, they said basically it's like the cologne of Yakima. The, the, <laughs> so. So yeah, pine by Yakima. So I, I of course had to buy that when I had the chance to. Um, but yeah, so, uh, if, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Yakima is, p- produces roughly 70% of the hops in the country. Um, people fly from all over the country and all over the world to get hops. Brewers fly from all over the country and all over the world to get hops from Yakima. Um, so you will, you will occasionally find, um, beers named after Yakima. I know there's uh, a brewery in New Zealand that has a, a Yakima IPA. There's one in Canada as well. Uh, there's a, a brewery in uh, Pennsylvania that makes a hoppy brown ale called Yakima Glory. So uh, that's a victory. So um, you'll see some homages to Yakima because all these brewers spend time in Yakima every uh, fall <laughs> picking hops. So uh so Yakima has that claim to fame, which actually I don't think a lot of the people know about. But, um, uh, but since I'm, um, you know, giving Yakima so much love, just know that I have no plans of ever moving back there. So. <laughs> 
No, you don't. You don't want to go. You don't want to return to the motherland. No, I'm good. You're yeah. good. I'm enjoying Tacoma. <laughs> it's all good. You're like, yeah. It's. It, it was funny. I I was listening to. Uh, I like to listen to Bomani Jones, his his uh, the Right Time podcast, and uh, they, they were talking about NBA free agency, and they were talking about how people, whenever they talk about free agents, they always are like, ooh, they might go to whatever team because that's because that's where they're from right oh they're they want to go home they want to go home and he's he's got this bit where he's always like yo not everybody want to go home <laughs> like yeah, not everybody right. not everybody likes where they came from you know a lot of people left because they wanted to leave <laughs> you know which i always find kind of funny i mean i don't want to you know i'm from a, a, a small you know town about just 15 minutes north of seattle or so and i do not have any desire to move back to snohomish county that's that's not a that is not on my to-do list to move back north. So, well, yep. And I know if I go to Yakima, it's like there's the Fred Meyer in Yakima, and you just run this risk of running into people that you never intended to talk to ever again. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like did we go like, to high school together? Yeah. We're always like, we're always doing bets, like when we go in. Well, I went to a small high school, so I definitely would know if we went to high school together. But, uh, but like, no, I'm just saying that you say that. Oh, yeah. You no. know, so that it's like, yeah. It, They'd be like, of course we did. Don't be an idiot. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's always like a gamble when you go into the Fred Meyer, you got to stop by, pick something up when you're visiting the fam. And it's just like, who am I going to see this time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. always when my, when my uh, dad runs into people, you know, maybe my friend's parents or whatever from high school, he's, it's always like, well, was that the Fred Meyer? And I saw this person. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. I really <laughs> thanks want for to. the report, Dad. Yeah, thank you for that. That is sort of a uh, as a teacher though. That is a part of my almost daily existence. Anytime okay. I go into public, like if I go to the mall. I mean, not that many people go to the mall anymore, but on the rare occasions I go to the mall, um, I am I am virtually guaranteed to run into either a current student or a former student. Um, the current students are funny if they're like sophomores because they still almost look at you like. Like, like elementary kids look at you because elementary kids look at you like, like, I thought you lived in the school, right. you know, like, wait, wait, you know, I've seen a teacher in the wild. Um, sophomores still have a little bit of that. They kind of look at you like, what are you doing at the mall, dude? And I'm like, I shop at the mall too, you idiot. You know, it's like, but, uh, it, it's, it's, it's worse when I run into a former student, particularly one that, you know, graduated five or six or seven or eight years ago. And then they're like, Oh, you were my English teacher. And I'm like, Oh, I do not remember your name oh, yeah. at all. <laughs> it's, it's, I, uh, I had that when I was student teaching, like the next spring after that, I was at a Mariners game and I ended up sitting down right next to one of my students. Yeah. And I did not remember her name. Uh, dude, I was like, there is only so much space in our brain for this stuff. Like, I, I have a hard time from one year to the next sometimes, right. like just from one year to the next. And I'll see a kid in the hallway and I'm like, I know you were my student. I recognize your face and I'm going to be stalling for the next like 15 seconds while I search the recesses of my brain for your name. Right. I usually come up with it, but it sometimes takes a minute. So, well, sometimes you just come over to my house for some beers and one of your former students is there as well. That is true. <laughs> 
<laughs> although, although, although Brad was Brad was never one of my students. He was just a student at the school while I was a teacher. Ah, uh, yes. So, but yeah. that's a it's a fairly trivial distinction, I think. I, I think so as well. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of things that might be trivial, uh, we got WSU fall camp going, and yeah. what might be trivial is the difference between the three quarterbacks that we have. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty tired of talking about this. Yeah. Um, but it's just not resolved. Uh, uh, Trey Tinsley, Anthony Gordon, and Gage Gabrud are all getting, have all up to this point, and they had a day off today, but all after a scrimmage this weekend are, and so they, they, uh, up to this point have been getting equal reps. Um, so, uh, it doesn't seem, you know, it, it and, uh, I, I read today, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, from Theo, he expects Leach to kind of t- trim it down to two. Uh, I think that was from Coog fans reporting as well. Um, trim it down to two, you know, maybe by this week. Um, but it just seems it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's hard. I, I'm just not remembering to, did we have this? Was it just like this last year? Was, was it still like Minshew was still getting I, equal I reps? Think with, uh, I think it was. I think it was. I, it was a couple of weeks before it seemed like, okay, it, it was probably, I would say the second scrimmage is when you started to sort of have the inkling that it was probably Minshew, that he was <clears throat> sort of taking the lead and that, and that he was moving ahead. But, um, you know, after I'm not I'm just not sure what what they are you know what they're picking up after a week and and you know and it, we've been you and I both have been saying all along that you know it's probably Gabrud like Gabrud just I think probably has a leg up no well, matter yeah, here's, what here's what I think like if if they're all equal yeah well, Gabrud's the one that's right. been in the system for a week yep. and he's equal to the or yep. in, in the spring too but he didn't really play but yep and he's equal to the other two guys have been in the system for yep. years like that's the road yeah. i was about so, to go down yeah yeah like it's well i took it that no that's fine pick you, another you, route you this you one's take that. this one's traffic jam now <laughs> you take Google maps is sending you a different way <laughs> It's just, you know, if they're equal, then probably Gabrud's going to be the guy, right? I mean, right. I think at this point, what you didn't want to see was, at least if you were, if you were of the belief that Gabrud is probably the best quarterback out of the three, um, you know, what you really didn't want to see was that Gabrud was sort of, you know, tripping over his dick all over the place, you know, that, um, that he was clearly lost and having problems and whatever. And we know what that looks like, right? Like we've, um, I don't know how many of the beat writers have seen it, uh, just because they, they're fairly new to the beat, relatively speaking. Uh, but you and I, and, and any fans that go back to when Leach showed up, you know, and Jeff Tool and Connor Halliday were running the air raid of that first spring. And that was oh, like, man. I mean, you want to talk about not having a clue or a cup. It was either the year after that or the year after the year after. I don't remember, but, uh, Tyler Brugman, you know, when you watched him, you were like, that bro doesn't have a clue right. what he's doing. <laughs> you know, like he can't, he, like he can't do this. Um, you know, the fact that Gabrud's out there and that's not what we're hearing, you know, you're not there. There's not a sense that he's, you know, clearly lost. Um, I think that just sort of adds, adds fuel to the idea that, that he's, that he's the guy. And, um, like you said, if, if he's only been in the system for, you know, however many weeks, you know, like live reps or whatever, um, and he's not appreciably behind the other guys. Um, I, I think there's a sense that, you know, he could, 
um, get better even as he progresses, you know, so if he's already even at some point, he's going to pass him. So, and, and maybe that's not true. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, we could be seeing his peak right now, but, but that seems a little, uh, that, that seems a little far fetched that, you know, you'd be getting his best right now. And it's probably pretty likely that whatever you're seeing from, uh, Gordon and Tinsley is probably, you know, their, their peak. I, I don't think you can expect them to get better. Right. Yeah. They've had, they've had, uh, well, they, they were competing for the job, uh, two springs and two fall camps in a row. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, they should look like they know what they're doing and, and they seem to. And, and it seems like Gabrud is basically at the same level as them. So Gabrud is the guy with, we already know he has a higher ceiling. So whatever. Yeah. So we've already talked about that. Um, well, I'm sure, you know, maybe by next week we'll have a little bit more clarity around that um still what what do we got how long we got maybe we won't though i mean who knows like uh, I, I would yeah. say well last year so i went back and read some of the stuff that i wrote about Minshew at the time and it was about two and a half weeks in when i wrote my Minshew feature for the for the preview so yeah we're night we're 19 days out from yeah uh, from the uh the opener right now. Yeah, and we're about a week away from when I wrote that and felt like he was probably going to be the guy. So, I yeah, I mean I think that's probably where we're where we're heading, but you know, I mean who knows? I mean, you know, Leach I mean, that dude, you know, marches to his own drummer. If he decides he needs more time, then he'll just, you know, take more time. So, yeah. Um but he has said that he doesn't want to do that, but Correct. Um yeah, but an um other position we talked about last week, but it's in flux again. So well, um talk about the secondary. Um so this is kind of what we kind of the guys that we thought were obviously in put we, we talked about Bryce Beekman taking over Skylar Thomas's position last week and then and then Skylar Thomas taking over nickelback and that seems um uh the uh that seems what's gonna happen. Obviously Marcus Strong is not losing his job. Um but, uh, uh, what, um, just, you know, obviously I'm getting a lot of information from like Theo and Coog fan and stuff, yep. but like, what are the, you know, from the practice supports, it, it, you know, the, uh, Jalen's position, the, the strong safety position you have, um, uh, we, we've, we've seen Daniel Isom, um, take, you know, take, take the role, but then apparently at the scrimmage, uh, you had, um, I'm sorry, no. So Daniel Isom was in the scrimmage, but at the, and then at the, um, the other cornerback position, um, we, we saw, uh, uh, our, let's see, Armani Marsh was, um, uh, he was the number one, uh, when previously it had been, uh, junior college transfer, um, Derek Lanford and, uh, Let's see who else was in there. George Hicks, who's been around a couple of years. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I mean, when, when I look at the guys, uh, uh, Langford is six foot two. So, yep. Uh, you, you kind of think that he would have the edge. Um, Marsh is listed at five foot eight. So, I mean, if they really, what, what we had talked about earlier is that they, it, it looked very much like given the guys that they were recruiting that they want to get bigger on the back end. So if you, if you want to get bigger on the back end, Langford's the guy, but if Marsh is really that good, you know, who knows? 
Yeah. I, one the interesting thing to me was the, uh, was the Daniel Isom slash Tyrese Ross, uh, battle that seems to be going on there at the, um, at the strong safety position. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because they're, they're definitely two different kinds of players. I'm sorry. It's the, uh, free safety. Is it free safety? It's free safety. I misspoke. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. I thought, uh, I thought Beekman was in that free safety spot. Anyway, whatever. It's, uh, Really, like, it's it's curious because Ross is a little bit different kind of player. I think he's a little bigger, a little more physical. I, I could be wrong about that, but that's that's my recollection. Yeah, that's uh, just from what I what I remember from spring game, and and uh, that's pretty much all I'm going off of. But yeah, and he's he's a little younger. Uh, he's redshirt freshman, I think, or is he a redshirt sophomore? But um, we are just we are red, all he's over a redshirt freshman. Okay, yep. we are all over at this. He's podcast. redshirt freshman. He's redshirt yeah. Freshman. Hey. So I love the idea of of a redshirt freshman in theory, uh, just you know, younger guy, whatever. Um, but there's also like I kind of like the kind of like the idea of of a guy who uh, has a little more experience back there as well. I I would not be surprised if the DB stuff sort of uh, extends like into the first couple of games. Yeah. It's not a, it's not like, you know, the quarterback situation where you got to have like a guy. Um, I, I would not be surprised if they sort of said, okay, look, we've got these different guys. We're not really sure how they all necessarily fit together. I'd like to maybe get a look at them in this configuration and get a look at them in this configuration. Um, you know, I, I do think it would be a little weird with, uh, you know, if there were position changes involved, I think they'd probably like to get that settled. I know ISO moved over from corner to play safety. Uh, you know, presumably they don't want to necessarily move him back or at least not right now. Um, but I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting for me to see Ross is six two one ninety, by the way. Um, so he's definitely quite a bit bigger than Isom who yep. is six foot one ninety two. um, same weight, but you know, obviously a little different body type. So, um, and I imagine, right. Ross has, uh, has the potential to get even bigger, um, a la Dayon Buchanan, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. if he's where he went from, you know, like being a skinny freshman to, to a monster by the time he's a senior. So, um, yeah, so that, that's the part that I find, I almost find that more interesting than the quarterback position, just because, I don't know, reading the tea leaves on the quarterback is just sort of whatever. And there's also, I also have some faith that, you know, whoever plays quarterback is going to be fine. Right. Like whether it's Gordon or, or Tinsley or Gabrud, um, DB, it's like, I don't know. He's got like kind of these different options of, of different people back there. And, and most of them are pretty unknown. I mean, we know some things about Marcus strong, like we know he's solid. Um, you know, we know some things about Hicks, you know, he played a little bit last year, but, but right. other than that, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of a bunch of unknowns. Yeah. And, but we we've seen and what you mentioned, you know, I, I think you're spot on with uh, talking about how you'll we'll probably we'll, this will trickle over into the first few games because we've seen um, not last year as much because I think this didn't have the depth uh, last year or they, they I mean they you know they have they had three guys um, that at the top and then one gets injured and then you have two guys and they play the majority but like you said we did see hicks and we we saw guys play but i I think i i i think we've seen in the past them rotate out the corners um a little bit and so i think a particular corner we'll see that and we could see it as safety i think safety probably a little bit more likened to a quarter the free safety a little bit more likened to the quarterback we probably you want to have a guy but 
really if it's if it's if they're not that different and you're just trying to figure out i mean you got you have two um two games that you hopefully should not lose regardless um of uh of who is back there um just don't get your signals messed up or something yeah um and then uh but uh other than that um I, you know it's uh, yeah I, yeah I, I agree with you they'll probably rotate out a little bit for for a couple games at least and we probably won't really know until you know i would hope they would want to know by houston houston will have a pretty good passing game so yeah no they'll they'll have it sorted out by then um but yeah the soft landing is nice and you know part of why i'm not you know super worried or super concerned about the lack of experience in the back end this is this is not taking on you know eastern washington in you know 2016 or whatever that was um where you know you, you had a whole bunch of NFL wide receivers and, and starting Gabrud. a true freshman. Yeah. And, and cage Gabrud. Um, you know, and having those guys, it's, th- this is different. I mean, these guys are bad. They're bad. You know, Northern Colorado is bad. Uh, you know, New Mexico bad. state is bad. They're bad. So yeah, Northern um, Colorado is probably one of the worst, uh, FCS teams. And right. New Mexico state is definitely one of the worst FBS teams. So. Yep. So they'll get to try some stuff. They'll get to sort some things out. And they'll they'll figure it out. They'll be fine. I do like. I, I do have to say, um, I, I do like that we do have the the really shitty FCS team this year, rather than in a few years recently where we've had. I mean, obviously Portland State we didn't expect, but they turned out to be a pretty damn good FCS team. And yeah. because you get no credit for be you get the same amount of credit for beating the worst FCS team as you do the absolute best FCS yep. team. No one it's gives true. you any less or more credit. Like uh maybe uh what uh Massey, Massey's uh rating system, I think he actually uh, yeah, Sagarin, I think. Sagarin, that that's what it is. Uh, yeah, Sag- Sagarin does actually rates the FCS teams. Um but 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 no, no one cares about that. So it's like, no, like, uh, yeah, like you, it doesn't matter. So just play the really bad ones. Play Idaho State every year. I don't care. Like, um, it play Idaho now every year. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, Jeff, I think, uh, this is a good time to, uh, let SB Nation sell some stuff. That sounds like a good idea. And we're back. Woo. Woo. That was good. Well, Jeff, I, I know you on the, or hold on, let's do our normal. Oh man, what a cool ad. What a great thing. You should definitely subscribe to that. Oh, thing. by the way, last week, um, I, I came right off and said, I'm definitely subscribed, subscribing to that, blah, blah, blah. Turned out to be a progressive, uh, progressive <laughs> insurance, um, which is my insurer. Um, <laughs> That's funny. For at least auto. I think it might be our home insurer too. Or I don't know. Um, whatever the bills come and they get paid. Yeah, um, there you go. That's all. Yeah. And it's that's that's all that matters until you actually need it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that nice position now where yeah. just pay the bill. Like, yeah. Whatever. Um. But anyways, it still sucks when they come in the mail. That never gets that never gets better. That um, is true. Even when you're expecting it. Um, that is true. But yeah. So whatever that was, again, amazing. Um probably a great product and or podcast so yeah totally um but yeah so 
uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about. So you, I, I saw you um, inter- interact on the old the old pod versus everyone Twitter today. Yeah. Um, so basically, some um, uh, someone tweeted out some numbers um, about uh, the uh, combination of donations plus ticket revenue. Um, I assume revenue is what they're going with. A combination of donations plus... It was ticket sales and donations. So sales and revenue, same thing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, combination of sales and donations in the Pac-12. Obviously, we didn't have USC and Stanford because they are private universities. They don't have to share that info. But um, basically, WC was last um, by a fairly decent margin. And... uh, and they also had added two schools, San Diego State and Boise State, who were roughly the same as WSU. Um, Jeff, I know you had some thoughts on that, especially with regards to the stadium size aspect of that. So uh, what do you think when you see that? Yeah, I mean, I just thought the methodology was kind of it, it, kind of silly for us anyway, just because, like, I mean, the, the miniature size of our stadium, for lack of a better term, um, sort of limits what, where you can rank on that sort of list to begin with. Right. So like, I mean, when your stadium only seats, you know, like 30,000 people and, you know, you look at this, okay, ticket sales and donations and you look at, you know, say Utah at 28.3 million and you go, Oh my God. Right. Like, Oh, you know, Utah's $11 million more in donation whatever. And it's like, okay, well, but their stadium is also, you know, 25,000 seats bigger than ours and you know, whatever. So, and they're in a, you know, a major city, I don't know if Salt Lake city is a major city, but, but there's certainly a much larger city than, than Pullman. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just kind of look at lists like that and just kind of go, eh, you know, I mean, I, I don't, it doesn't make me feel much of anything when I see us number 10, you know, like out of, out of the 10, you know, public institutions in the PAC 12, it just doesn't, doesn't really make me feel anything to be honest. Um, you know, the ones that feel like sort of outliers would be like Colorado. Cause it's not like their stadium's enormous. Um, you know, at 33, almost 33 million. So almost twice as, twice as much as ours. Um, I think that speaks to donations, but I I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I think we still have a long way to go, uh, in terms of donations, revenue, things like that. But yeah, I don't know that we're ever going to be in a position where we look at ourselves and go, you know, we're in the top half of the conference or something like that in terms of revenue. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know that that's realistic. Um, even as, you know, Pat Chun has made some pretty significant inroads on that front. Like, 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 do you disagree? Do you feel like we should aspire to be in the top half of the conference in that sort of metric? I, I don't know about top half, but, um, given, uh, alumni base size, I, I think we're bigger than, uh, Oregon State. I'm not sure how. I'm, I think Utah's bigger, but um, so I, Oregon State does have the uh, uh, the Reeser Stadium is like 15,000 uh, seats or 13,000, roughly larger, and and they've had pretty recent renovations. I'm sure they have the same sort of luxury boxes and stuff that we do. Um, so they're probably getting a similar level of revenue from that as well. Um, so um, I think the difference you see between them and us. I I don't know 15,000 seats I don't, I don't, I I I know WSU ranks pretty well in terms of 
overall number of donors. Like when it comes right. to when they when they do rank that, WSU ranks higher than they should, even given their uh, relative uh, alumni base size. But 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 we don't have what WSU does not have as much as some of our peers are the the major major contributors yeah the major benefactor and i mean that's the you know the 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 and even like with oregon state there's they have the one they have the one the reeser right they've got the reeser family and um you know i don't i don't know what utah cal you know cal you would think would have a much larger piece of the pie there but yeah uh, but yeah but so i mean they're probably i mean they they've they've i they're they're kind of famous for having athletic budget issues um but um they also but, have a huge athletic department. Like that's, yeah, they they have a lot of sports. Yeah, that's one of Cal's issues. They've they've got about twice as many varsity sports as we do. Um, well, they got to get those. Uh, they got to get those uh, titles and yeah. I mean, sports. they've got rugby and polo, water polo, and all kinds of stuff. I think men's volleyball probably they have as well. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember for sure, but yeah, I mean, our it is funny when you when you look at the size of the athletic departments. Um, you know, and when you look at, you know, these, these numbers of revenue and things like that, and you just go, Oh my God. Well, you know, I mean, we're also spending it <laughs> on a much smaller, uh, set of teams right. than, than most of our peers. So we, you know, I, I don't know how many of our fans know this, but we actually have what is sort of the bare minimum for a division one athletic department. In terms of the number of sports that you have to carry. Um, I I don't think many of our fans probably know that, but, um, but it's true. It's actually true. Uh, there's like a, there's like a minimum threshold for division one sports. If you're going to be a division one program and ours is, uh, either right at the minimum or right above the minimum in terms of that. And, and we're, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think Oregon state it's either Oregon state or Utah is next smallest. And they've each got like half a dozen more varsity teams than we do. So it's something like that. I can't, I can't remember for sure, but, but yeah, so I think some of that is, is overblown to some degree, but just because, you know, we have just have a, a smaller, you know, smaller athletic department. We have fewer teams, you know, now, Maybe we should aspire to have more teams. I don't know. You know, maybe we should aspire to have a gymnastics team and a men's soccer team and a fast pitch team and those kinds of things. I would love for us to have a men's soccer team. Yeah, that would be great. Um, and those are, those are the sorts of things, um, that make the most sense because you've already got the infrastructure for it. So you could have a men's soccer team. You know, if we could take on two more teams, I'd say. Well, yeah, we'd have to, we'd have to have another, we'd have to have a women's uh, similar number, the same number of athletes. Exactly. And so you'd probably, it'd probably have to be something like if you're looking at not an infrastructure, uh, investment, you'd be looking at something like gymnastics and then men's soccer that that's probably where you'd be going on that so um and obviously you know they could do fast pitch i'm, I'm sure they're you know land where they could have that but or rugby rugby's uh rugby is a bit yeah. of a sport on the rise in the u.s a little rugby's bit. a tough one because there aren't a lot of uh institutions out west that have rugby that, teams very true yeah. you'd be looking at like i know cal's big into rugby byu um obviously big into rugby you know i don't know how many other division when teams there are out west lacrosse is sort of the same deal right that's more of an east coast oh, sport yeah. so and water polo is very much water polo and men's volleyball are very much yeah. west coast sports yeah. water polo is one that you probably could do the the only i think downside there is that you probably don't have uh the natural recruiting base 
uh, in this oh, part of the country yeah, for that. And I think are. that's where like our women's soccer team has really benefited from that. The Northwest is such a, um, such a rich ground for, for soccer. Um, and particularly women's soccer. Yeah. Like it's like, there's a lot of soccer up here. And so, you know, you just, um, you're able to recruit more locally for that sport probably than, I mean, I don't know how volleyball recruits. I don't know if that there's a lot in the Northwest there, but, but I do know soccer is that way in Canada, you know, we can recruit up into Canada as well. So yeah, it's uh, I think men's soccer is, is one, you know, when you've got programs like UW, you got programs like Seattle U has a good soccer team. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely room for, uh, for another, you know, division one, you know, power men's soccer team. Um, it's just a matter of finding the money to pay for it. So, you know, if you, if you like those sorts of things, then yeah, we need to get to a point where, um, not only are we paying off the bills on the current construction, but we're also able to, you know, pay the bills on, uh, on, on other sports as well. And, you know, and different people could argue that's not actually worthwhile, you know, and, I don't know. And, you know, maybe that they're wrong. Maybe they're, maybe, I don't know. It's, uh, it'd be I, fun though. Like, it would that's be, thing, it, like, it would be, be fun. fun. You know, I love following the women's soccer team. I yep. obviously have gotten a lot more into soccer as I've gotten older. And, um, uh, I just went to in the last week, uh, quite a few soccer matches. Um, and so I, I you know, it's, you know, it'd be fun to, yeah, it'd be fun to be, you know, watching, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, of course, in soccer, it's different. They, you know, they, I, I think even in U.S. soccer, they're trying to move away from just to drawing from the college teams as, as much and going more to an academy uh, type system like the like Europe has. Um, obviously, we see the Sounders doing that. We see a lot of teams building out academies and trying not to. Although, of course, you know, uh, Christian Roldan. D- did both <laughs> yeah uh, he you know stopped playing college ball and then went through he's a he's a midfielder for the sounders for like 90 <laughs> percent of our listeners for all our listeners who are like who what <laughs> but anyway so that's you know that's we could we could go off on that tangent for a long yeah. time but um but yeah so uh yeah there, there's definitely like you know uh, it's, it's, it is, but if you gotta admit, when you look at the, when you look at UW 63.7 million, WCU 17.7 yeah. million, yeah. that is quite a stark, um, difference when it comes to, uh, you know, they're our primary rival, um, and, and that's, that's what we're competing against. Um, and, and so, uh, what I don't like to see is when Coog fans go like, well, we're just able to, do more with less it's like well please don't use that as an excuse not to give to right the, especially if you especially if you like seeing the team do well like don't just be like oh well i just expect them to do more with less so i'm not gonna give like i, I don't really like it's like that's do you feel like that's changing though because I, I do th- i feel like i, I, I think don't see as much of that as i used well, to you you don't but follow also, die hard okay. on facebook so i was about to say that i was about to say like i I will readily admit that my circle of friends or my, you know, circle of people that I, that I see comments from, whether it be on Twitter or, or whatever, um, is, is different from maybe what's out there. So, you know, I don't know. I do, I see less of it. I, I do objectively see less of it in the circles that I run in than I used to, but it also could just be that, you know, the circles that I'm in are the ones, are, are the ones moving toward, 
you know, giving more and, and being well, more involved. And maybe this other segment is still out there and I just don't interact with well, them. Well, what do you think? Like, like how many, how many calf members are there? Like 7,000 now? Yeah, something? isn't it like 7,500 or something like that? So there are, how, how many, without looking, how many members do you think of diehard kooks there are? Oh dear. Probably not that many. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't spend a lot of time. No, I want you to vent. The diehard Cougs. I want you to guess. How Venture many, a guess. How many members of the diehard Cougs Facebook group there are? Well, how big is the Facebook group? That's what I'm asking you. How many people are in the Facebook group? Oh, in the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. I don't know. A thousand? <laughs> I don't know. Really? I have no idea. 28,595. No, are you kidding? 28,595. <laughs> See, I told you I didn't know anything about That's die how many diehard kooks there are. And yet there are 7, only 7,500. 7, oh, my God. Okay, yeah, yeah. So so these are people that yeah. love, you know, they love, uh, and I'll, I'm borrowing this from Ron Schott, friend of ours on, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, but they, they're the people that love to like, Put the pictures on Die Hard Cougs of moving the hats at Costco, you know, moving the Coug hats in front of the... Right. Which we've all done and we all right. enjoy. Right, of course. But, like, that's one level. And, you know, love buying a t-shirt. You know, I saw some comments like, oh, there's some of us are just, you know, we have college debt and we're getting out of that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But, like, every alumni base has that. Like, it's a... Right. But, like, at the, at the same time, like, you know, I don't know. If you're calling yourself a diehard Coug... Like you just maybe want to learn a little bit, and and what I've learned in reading this, fa- like following this Facebook group, is that a lot of them aren't particularly diehard. Right. Um, they don't really. Um. They just like have an interest in WSU, and and so I, you know, I'm not going to fault them for, uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying like oh, you should donate because you're what are you thinking? You're 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 not a real coog if you don't donate, and I and I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like, I'll if, say that. Okay, I'm just saying if you if you have. <laughs> If you have like such a deep, deep interest in yeah. in the success of WSU, particularly the football and basketball yeah. teams, um, you probably should consider like donating and 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 like on it and like just because like it, that directly impacts how like it, we we saw it with like let's just go back to the, when. To Tony, when Tony Bennett was here, and he's like, you know, we need more of these charter flights and blah blah blah. So like, these are these are thing. There's things that they can pay for because right now, the like ev- the 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 entire Cougar Athletic Fund isn't enough to pay for all of the scholarships. So we're going, we're we're drawing from football revenue and other thing, well, right. football revenue to pay scholarships for all the other sports. So the goal is obviously, and I'm, I'm, God, I'm sounding like a calf, <laughs> but this is just like, I'm just stating the obvious. The goal is no, obviously, the goal is obviously, um, to have the donations cover the scholarships. And then you're that the rest of that money that we get from the PAC 12. And, and we right. do honestly get, uh, well, the, well, the one thing that doesn't show up in those numbers is that we get probably a disproportionate amount from the Pac-12, um, disproportionately high amount from the Pac-12. Well, definitely as, a disproportionately high. As a percentage high, of our overall as, revenue. As a percentage of our overall revenue. Right. And, and, and as a percentage of probably the, you know, uh, our media market and all that. Um, so, so because, uh, you know, but probably the one, like one thing that Bill Moose really deserves credit for is pushing really hard for, 
equal uh, uh, equal revenue sharing in the Pac-12, and that's what we have. And it may be to the detriment of uh, USC and UCLA and University of Washington, but it is to the benefit of, of us, and that's something you actually don't see in that number. So those numbers probably... Like they don't get any worse than that. <laughs> so, um, cause if, if, uh, if, if UW goes to the Rose Bowl and gets a payout for that, well, they get the same amount of money as if, uh, they didn't go, another team went to the Rose Bowl. So, yep. like it, it does, it doesn't matter. And if, you know, if UW or if, if UW versus USC draws, you know, 10 million, or, you know, 20 million viewers, 10 million viewers, or 10, not yeah. 20, that's ridiculous, not 20, but 10 million viewers on, on ESPN and WSU versus, uh, Oregon State draws 1 million. It doesn't matter. We're both getting the same amount of money there. So like, well, it, and I would argue that all that money is having the desired effect, like yeah, having yeah, the, absolutely. having the equal distributions, having the desired effect, wazoo you know, goes out and hires Mike Leach, right? And we're paying Mike Leach, you know, 4 million bucks a year. And Look, builds, a, builds the, the fob and the... Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when I was in school that I am pretty sure Mike Price was making less than 200000 a year. I, I, I'm not positive about that, but that would have been like 97, 98, 96, something like that. But I'm pretty sure... That's what we were dealing with. And then we look at, you know, Paul Wolf, you know, obviously Paul Wolf, what, what was Paul Wolf making? Like 800,000, I think, something like that. 600,000. 600,000. Okay. You know, so now Mike Leach is making 4 million bucks a year. Well, that's only possible through this TV payout. And, you know, lo and behold, Mike, you know, Leach has us on a run that we quite literally have never been on. The problem with the Pac-12 is not that, you know, we're not holding up the end of the bargain. The problem is that USC fucking sucks and Oregon is not doing what it was doing. And UCLA is a dumpster fire. And it's like, you know, these programs that are supposed to be um, the ones that carry the the conference in terms of football, not that UCLA is supposed to carry the conference, but oh, they UCLA, think they, they, they think they should. But, you know, I mean, they're supposed to be at least, I mean, if we're being straight, they are supposed to be but what what we are more or less, right? I mean, like, yeah, if USC, we're looking at that. US, UCLA should be top four every right? year, which is what so, WSC has been doing. Yeah, you're, you know, UCLA should be, you know, eight to ten wins each year. Uh, you know, Washington is good like it's supposed to be. USC is a is a dumpster fire. And Oregon is, you know, on their third coach in four years. So it's just like, or, you know, we could even say, you know, fourth coach in like six years or whatever it is. So, you know, whatever. Um, the problem is these other programs and we're holding up our end of the bargain. So, you know what? Screw all you programs out there because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Come join us. Yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, if you want to uh, win that goddamn Apple Cup once in a while, I don't know, maybe just that'd be few, okay. Send a few bucks their way. Yeah, we could fine. do that. But but yeah, I mean, I, you know, your, your overall message is correct. That you know, if you're invested in this thing, give something. Um, you know, I think the minimum annual donation is a hundred bucks or something. You know, to you be can, part of the calf. Like, to I mean, be the part, minimum, yeah. I think the minimum is anything, but like anything. The, the but minimum if you want to be, get, like, you know, be a, right. be a calf member is. If you bucks. want the label, you want to get the little, you know, whatever calendar in the mail or whatever it is that they're going to send you. You know, to thank you for your gift. You know, that it's calendar in March that you get in March. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's a hundred bucks a year. Uh, you know, and again, that's that's not nothing, but you can break it into monthly payments. That's what I do. You know, I mean, I give monthly and. 
I don't have, you know, football season tickets, so I'm not compelled to give a much larger amount, but you know, it's, it's, it's not that much to be involved. And, and I know that our major problem is that we don't have the whale, right? I mean, that, that's our big problem. Or even but, smaller whales, yeah, dolphins, which, you know. I, I would say it seems like they're bringing more of those kinds of people on board. Um, I don't know. I, I see more, you know, I, when I, when I see Chun and, and Schultz's, uh, Twitter feeds and they're having dinner with, you know, so and so. And I'm like, I, I feel like they're doing a better job of, of working within that and recognizing the value of that. Um, but you know, look, if the fact of the matter is that we don't have the whale, then we got to do something different, right? You know, I mean, if, if we don't have the donor that's given, you know, 10 million bucks a year or whatever, um, you know, okay, then, you know, we got to make up for it in a different way. And if that means we get, you know, 10,000 members of the, of the Cougar athletic fund, then that's what we got to do, you know, but I, I would feel, but it um, takes $10,100 members to make one, one million dollar member. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy, but yeah, it's, you know, do something right. You know, everybody should be able to do something and, um, and give in some way. So yeah, you know, it'd be nice to close that revenue gap. It'd be nice to get on the plus side of, of some bills and, uh, you know, build the, listen, you know, Mike Leach really, 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 really wants that indoor facility. Like that's a, like that is the only reason they're not targeting that next is because baseball is such a disaster. Like just facilities wise, if, if baseball was not such a train wreck with its facilities, they'd be moving right on to the indoor facility, but baseball playing in the, they have to take care of baseball first. Like that's like, that's just like, if they don't, they'd be completely negligent. <laughs> I mean, it's already negligent. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's already negligent. But um, they'd be even more negligent if they didn't take care of baseball next. They, they have to do that. So, um, yeah, let's let's get baseball taken care of and let's let's move on to the indoor practice facility, which will benefit tons of uh, tons of teams. Well, and, and if you listen to this podcast and you're rich, for God's sakes, give some real money, please. Well, yeah, and and rich here's the thing, like. WSU has benefited because it it when it built the football operations building it was one of the best in the conference. Yep. Like even to the point where like USC came and toured ours to figure out how to build theirs. Yep. So And it's beautiful. But I've been that, in there. It's gorgeous. But everyone else is building those things. Yeah. And that's not going to be any sort of an advantage anymore for you know, it really isn't anymore. Well, and the indoor so, facility is just catching up. Like, that's not even an advantage thing. That's well, exactly. Like, that's what I'm we've saying. We've got to like, catch up. Like, the, the FOB has given Leach and his staff something to recruit to that WSU didn't have before. But now everyone else has it. So so you need to at least be level on the other, other parts. And then um, otherwise you're, you're like, I, I know we love to be proud of our diamonds in the rough, but. Man, if you want more consistent, the thing about this consistent, like four year stretch is, um, I, I mean, it's pretty clear that Leach is a better coach than most other coaches. Um, but also their, their recruiting class has typically been a little bit better than WSU usually gets, especially from a depth level. And, and so, uh, the, it's not as many diamonds and like obviously we see guys like Andre Dillard and we're like yeah look you know they turn it around but every program has guys like that um it's just that those are our only guys that we like right. to look at um but so if you want 
if you're like begging them to get, you know, higher level recruits or even maintain this level, then it, it yeah, it's, we're going to have to catch up in revenue somehow. Um, I don't want to get into this, but I would, I would love to see us, uh, you know, complete the top of the bowl around just have like, uh, cause I'm pretty sure you could sell out all luxury seats all around the top Yep, and, and that would yep. make a lot because, um, I don't know if probably most people listen to this know this, but the, the suites and loge boxes and club seats, even though they are a fraction number of the seats, like a very small fraction of the seats make as much money as all the rest of the seats in the yep. stadium. So, and the suites are severely underpriced. Yep. <laughs> like, like pretty significantly. So, yeah. And there's a wait list to get into the club seats and whatever. And so. the loge boxes. And yep. Yep. So, yep. But we're bonded out, so we can't build Yeah, that can't stuff. build anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, even though we would actually realize revenue, like actual real revenue from that, we, we literally are maxed out on our bonds. So, The stadium yay! would be super loud with that, too, actually. It, oh, yeah, it would. Could you imagine, by the way, like, would you choose to, if, if you could sit in the club seats or, or suites or whatever, which would you choose to sit above the students? Like, would that just be sort of fun? Well, I just... I, I don't think you wouldn't hear them. Yeah, that's true. You probably wouldn't. You hear could them see them going well. bonkers, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Like, just because, yeah, yeah, it would be pretty cool, like, to just be right above them. But, uh, yeah, I'm, it, it'd be interesting to see what, um, what people actually chose. Like, to, like, if people were, well, I'm sure the 50s, the 50 to 40 would sell out. Uh, it'd be would that would be people would move if they if they had seats on the ten they would move their seat over to yep. the other side. Yep. Um. But yeah, it'd be interesting if someone chose to be on the twenty so they could yeah. be behind the students. Like, <laughs> that would be funny. I'd be down with that. And the club section is really cool. I, you know, I've been up there, you know, a handful of times just because of um, friends and and I and you know, taking people up there for the spring game. We talked about this after the spring yeah, game. It's 100% um, worth it. It's, it's, if people are like, Oh my God, WSU is cool. <laughs> if you have the money to do it, it's yeah. 100% awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jeff, I think we could probably take another break before we move on. One more break. Here we go. And we're back. Woohoo. Woohoo. Buy some stuff. Buy some stuff, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or subscribe to some stuff. Subscribe or buy or, or, or do both, you know. Maybe they yeah, have a Patreon. could do both. That's true. Maybe. But, yeah. Um, so. What's left? What else we want to talk about? I, I, had, I, had, I had one more. I have one more WSC-related question for you. Um, so, I was, I was kind of looking at the schedule, and what I wanted to say was, like, what game are you most confident in? What game are you least confident in? But that could be pretty easily identified as North Car- Northern Colorado most confident and UW least confident That in. is true. So, I didn't want to do that. And that's pretty much where we would be going with that. Yep. And then if I did just in Pac-12 play, you'd go uh, UW least confident in, Oregon State most confident in. So, that's not very fun either. Um, so what I wanted you to do is pick a game that you think you're probably more confident in than you might should be, or maybe other people think you should be, and then pick a game that you're less confident in than maybe is logical or what other people might think, um, you should be. So let's start with what you're, uh, let maybe more confident in. 
Okay. So the game that I am more confident in than people will think that I should be is Utah. And that stems mostly just from this, that uh, we've been beating Utah like every year. And we haven't lost to him since Leach's first year when he, you know, trotted out the line men and did the whole, uh, the whole thing that Bud Withers was, you know, clutching his pearls over. Um, you know, we have just sort of had Utah's number. And until Utah, you know, shows me that they can beat us with, you know, what they do, um, until they show me that, you know, Kyle Whittingham is a good coach, which look, I, I know people love Kyle Whittingham in, in he's, he sort of is his like, media darling or, or whatever, but I just kind of go like, you know, what has he really done since they beat Alabama? Like, like what have they actually accomplished? And it's like, you know, mm, (laughs) you know, I mean, yeah. Okay. So they won the PAC 12 South last year. I mean, congratulations for winning that, you know, piece of crap division. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like there's just, I mean, maybe I should, everybody's telling me I should be scared of Utah. Everyone's telling me Utah is terrifying. Everyone's telling me that, you know, Utah, you know, whatever was playing great by the end of the year last year. And I just kind of go, so like, I don't know, like, and I, I realized we were a, you know, an 80 yard touchdown pass to Aesop Winston away from maybe not winning that game last year, but still, it just sort of seems like to me that, um, that this is a team that, I mean, I don't know if we have their number. I don't know if that's sort of a fair way to say it, but, um, but it's a team that for whatever reason we seem to match up against. Everybody talks about, Oh, Rice Eccles stadium is so hard to play in. Well, we kicked the shit out of them last time we played them there. It's like, I, you know, I don't know. Like it doesn't, um, I, I agree that, that Utah is tough and, and they'll probably, you know, they play their trademark, you know, physical brand of football or whatever, and they're going to be good and, you know, yada, yada, but we're pretty good too. And I, I don't see any reason to be scared of Utah, at least in the way that, uh, you know, that other people are, are, are sort of making it out to be. Good one. That's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, so suck it, Utes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, probably exact same line of thinking is going to go Oregon. Um, obviously, Oregon is uh, in the same. It's probably Oregon and Utah. I'm outside of UW, who's been, you know, the top team and one of the top teams in the conference for, you know, with three years running now. But, um, Oregon and Utah are kind of the darlings this year of like the, the trendy picks to be, be like the teams to dominate. And Oregon is obviously, um, heavily because of the recruiting class they just brought in and Justin Herbert. But again, it's the same. Like, uh, I mean, it, to even more extent, the last four years, I think, that, um, compared to what uh, WSU has done to Utah, is like they've just uh, beat the pants off of Oregon. And uh, last year, you know, got close, but um, WSU never really relinquished control of that. Um, they uh, beat the pants off them two years before that. Um, they had that miraculous comeback to start the the, the run. Um, I, I think that a lot of our players, I think Oregon is that program that was kind of the West Coast program when a lot of our players were uh, in junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they see, they view Oregon like maybe past players would have viewed USC. Um, so I, and I think it's just to some extent that that happens with Stanford as well, but, um, 
So I think like, obviously like we're going to come in with like, like that WSU at Oregon, no matter what our records are, we're probably going to be a touchdown, at least uh, uh underdog. And I just, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I think I, the current, by the way, I think the current line is right about there. Yeah. there. There's an early line on that. And, and I think it's right about a touchdown. Yeah. And so, you know, I just, uh, I, I do think overall WSU is getting more, like, is, is, has a bigger belief from odds makers because, um, it was pretty crazy to see that their, uh, win total, uh, was at, um, eight. I think, uh, this, the, the, uh, over under, which is, you know, shitty to have it be a solid number, but, um, eight, which, like, it's kind of crazy. I think that WSU's over a number, over under is eight from a, from Vegas. So, um, obviously, um, if we're confident in them, we're not the only ones. Um, but, uh, but yeah, WSU, Oregon, like, I don't know, like, it, Oregon is just, uh, uh WSU, uh, under Leach has just, uh, is a, is a very tough team, like just mentally tough, physically tough team. Yep. And Oregon has typically been pretty soft. And, you know, I don't know how much, maybe Cristobal is changing. He's that. trying. He's um, trying and, really hard. I mean, he says he is, but I don't, um, we, uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's Oregon and, and that's been a big part of why WSU has beat the pants off of Oregon is because, uh, frankly, like our, you know, uh, our guys have a chip on their shoulder, and especially when they're playing Oregon, and they just want to beat the, you know, beat them up. Um, and they and they have, and uh, Oregon has been generally softer teams that, that haven't been able to kind of handle the any sort of adversity and all that. But um, uh, Oregon's obviously, I you know, I don't doubt that they're going to be a very good team this year. I think, um, but I, I still think that uh, they're. They, they still are liable to be that same eight and four team yeah. or whatever they were last year. Um, and WSU could be it, you know, I, I, it's not crazy to me to think WSU could go down there and beat them. So I'm probably more confident than I should be, uh, given the, you know, the levels of talent on each team. But when you look at just the history and, and, and even, cause even when, uh, Le- Leach lost the season before to Oregon. They they almost beat him when they had Marcus yep. Mariota. So yep, so, if not for uh, a know. pass interference, it wasn't called. Yeah, exactly. So very much be a five game uh, streak at this point. Um, so yeah, that's my my more confident than I should be is Oregon. So Jeff, uh, what's your uh, less confident than you should be? Well, I think this is this is the one where I go apple cup because um, you know like logic would dictate that we have more than a 0% chance of winning that game. (laughs) But I am convinced it's a 0% chance of winning that game. So it's sort of like, I I want to, you know, like, like I just, in my head, I'm like, we are going to lose that game forever and into eternity and it's never going to change. And it's, you know, it's sort of the same logic, honestly, as the Utah and Oregon, like we just talked about. It's like, you know, it is what it is until it isn't right. And so like, well, you know, the last, you know, you know, three, four, five years, um, particularly the last four years, 
you know, we've had these runs against some good programs, you know, against Utah, against Oregon, against Stanford, right? Like, like we've had these runs against these programs and then Washington is, is the same, but the opposite where it's just like, we just get our face kicked in every year. Um, so that's the one where I am less confident than I should be because I'm convinced we're never going to beat the Huskies in my lifetime again. Um, and of course, you know, logic would dictate that, uh, uh something could happen maybe somehow. So. That's good. One, one that I was, uh, one that, it, I mean, Apple Cup, obviously, I'm right there with you. Zero percent. Never going to win that game, ever. Never. Um, it's over already. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's already over. You gotta, I, I guarantee you when we do our Coug Center author picks, not one of us is going to pick a W in that game. No. Um, but uh, mine is going to be uh, UCLA. Like, And not that I think that WSU is going to lose that game, but I, but I still am I'm fairly worried about it. Uh, WSU's coming off, come, I mean, they get an extra day, but coming off of being down in Houston and um, Chip Kelly is, uh, I'm I'm very high on him as a college football coach. Uh, I, I I think that that you know, even though they're coming off a of three and nine, I, I think they're going to improve quite a bit this season. I think they're going to be a much tougher. Uh, out than they were last season uh, when uh, WC missed them, of course. Um, would have been much nicer to play UCLA and not uh, USC last year, um, especially early in the season. Uh, but yeah, and I, I, I like it a lot more when UCLA comes up to uh, WSU in the late fall uh, versus, yeah. uh, you know, come up when it's cold and wet. Yeah. And- it's probably going to be nice weather on nine twenty one in Pullman. Um, yeah, almost certainly. Um, so I, I, it's, you know, I would much rather have seen, uh, uh, you know, UCLA come up when it's cold. Uh, of course we do get Stanford and when it's cold and so you can't, you can't have it all, but you know, Colorado can come see us in September. That's fine. Um, but, uh, Although that the last time that happened uh, didn't go very well. <laughs> yeah, let's not for, let's yeah, not remember that one. Yeah, but um, but uh, but yeah. So yeah, UCLA just it's largely Chip Kelly factor, and then I know UCLA has athletes. Um, uh, but UCLA has been that same thing where they've been soft. But Oregon wasn't soft when Chip Kelly was their coach. That's Oregon true. Was not that soft team when Chip Kelly was their coach. Um, but uh, so I I think that. I do think that Chip Kelly will turn them around eventually. And I hope that, you know, I'm, I'm worried that the, the start of that will be a, you know, a win against a potentially and probably ranked WSU team. Like if they're able to get by Houston, they'll probably be ranked in the top 20 at that point. And, uh, that'll be quite a motivation for UCLA to kind of say, Hey, look, we're, we're on our way back. Um, so there's a, um, there's there's a little bit of worry in my gut. I'm I'm also worried about the Houston game before, but that's just because it's on the road and it's on a Friday. Yeah. It's weird. I don't like that. But uh, but but UCLA. I think I'm probably. I, I think if you look at the schedule, you go oh, like just cursory look at the schedule. Oh yeah, UCLA was three and nine last year. We we can we can take them down. We like we actually have a 
given, you know, those, we looked at those, uh, revenue disparities like UCLA, like we probably, we play UCLA pretty well generally. A lot of our players come from Southern California. I think they like playing UCLA, but at the same time, I just, you know, I, 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 I think they're coming out with something to prove in that game. And so I have, I have a worry, um, a worry for that one, a worry for every game, of course, but probably a, a greater worry than I should for that game. They are going to be coming off of what will likely be an ass kicking at the hands of Oklahoma the week before. Um, they do, they host them, uh, at the Rose Bowl, but, uh, that's, that's probably going to be a crazy butt kicking. I think we'll learn, um, quite a bit about them the first couple weeks. They play, uh, at Cincinnati and then against San Diego State. Um, two teams that you would be like, okay, UCLA should beat. Right. So, you know, how well do they do beating those teams or playing those teams? Maybe they don't beat them. You know, who knows? Um, the one thing about Chip Kelly and UCLA is, is frankly, they just didn't recruit very well last off season. Um, and, and didn't have a great recruiting class, uh, in his first sort of, you know, truncated recruiting class either. So, um, you know, it, I, I know that there were a lot of really good athletes there from when Jim Mora was the coach. Um, a lot of those guys left, uh, when Chip Kelly was hired and then he hasn't really seemed to stock the cupboard with the kinds of players that he had at Oregon. So maybe, you know, maybe he's just that good a coach, doesn't need those good of players or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe some of that magic's gone. I, I think the first few games will, will tell us a little bit and it might be a situation where, you know, we have a little bit of a, of a wounded animal, uh, coming in there, or, you know, maybe they, they look like they've put some things together and they, they put up a surprisingly good showing against Oklahoma, you know, who knows stuff. But, but that was one that I was thinking of as well, just because, um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, there, there's a wild card there that UCLA could be a lot better this year than, uh, than we think. So, yeah. So, um, but if, if you're a true Kook fan, you're worried about everyone, including New Mexico State and That's Northern true. Colorado. That so, is true. Um, every game is, is, um, a potential embarrassment. Yep. Every, and we, every we've, single game. We've, we've done that and we know it. And so yep. never take, never take the success for granted ever, nope. ever, ever. Never. All right, man. So there was another, uh, I, I, I sent you a, I sent you a tweet. Before yeah. we got in this pocket. So um we're we're moving off the Coog stuff. So sorry. Um <laughs> I think we did a pretty good job. Um our, But we're not gonna wander into politics if people are worried that we're gonna say something like the president is racist or something in the podcast. But we are gonna talk about uh I don't know, millennials, no. Um We kind of are. So uh someone posted this picture on Twitter. And I've seen a similar thing at other coffee shops around the country before. Um, it's, it says, we do not have Wi-Fi. Talk to each other and pretend it's 1995. Yes. And so I saw this other, I saw this other, you know, response to it. Fun fact, the pre-internets from Panzer Lion at POC Gamer. Um, Fun fact, the pre-internet social, pre-internet slash social media slash smartphone era was not, in fact, filled with random strangers making constant conversation because they were undistracted. And if you did, you, you did, you go through into the, you go into the thread, there's people with like old timey, uh, 
paintings of no like a, a group of people and no one's looking at each other a picture a picture of like a an old uh, train with everyone's reading the newspaper um you know people are you know um showing pictures of their their game boys and like things like that yeah so yeah it's true you know like uh you know i i think particularly that that the, they chose to go with it's 1995 i'm pretty sure internet cafes were already becoming a thing by then like well yeah. here's what i can say i so i graduated from high school in 1995 and I was a obviously then a freshman at Wazoo in 1995. Um, my first exposure to the internet was at WSU. So that was um, there was a computer lab down on the you know the bottom floor of Stevenson. I did not have my own computer because my goodness, that was a luxury, right? To have actually your own computer. Um, not a lot of people did. Uh, so I had, you know, paid whatever the, whatever the membership was to go down to the computer lab down there. Um, and so that was the first time I got an email address and discovered, uh, the internet and was like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. And I was like emailing my friends who went, you know, to, to the university of Washington. And it was like, I mean, this is like writing a letter, except it's like instant. This is unbelievable, you know. Um, so internet cafes might have been just sort of starting up at that point. That's a possibility. But I will say this, that like the, the, the ridiculousness of the tweet is, is totally true. Like this idea that somehow we were all, uh, you know, social with each other and we talked to strangers and it was just a much, much, much more, uh, social, world is sort of insane but the idea that yeah 1995 there wasn't any wi-fi yeah you know like that was true for the most part um but yeah i mean like no like people weren't running around being like hey let me talk to this random person like you know or people would go out to dinner it's like you know people go out to dinner and they'd still have awkward silences i mean you know whatever it's yeah it's kind of silly the way people remember things, you know, back in the good old days when it probably wasn't all that different. Well, I think especially at a like a coffee shop or something like if you go to a bar, um, I, I expect, you know, more random conversation. I've had a lot of random conversations sure. at a bar and sure. I, I have always had a cell phone in my pocket every time. But like I've had a lot of random conversations in a bar because, you know, you've had a drinks and it's more of a social atmosphere. Um, I think coffee shops in this iteration of them, um, which probably started, I'm assuming in the nineties is, uh, uh, is in place where people go to work or, or to read or just, you know, just to kind of check out and, and not like, I've, I've never like seen it. You might meet a friend there and talk to them, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've never heard of a coffee shop as a place to go meet someone. Right. Um, so that just that notion that coffee shops, like, you know, they take this stance that we don't vibe. Yeah. Really like, and so really what, and, and I don't, I won't dispute that smartphones do, uh, particularly in, in, uh, um, conversations with your loved ones, probably, play a role in some inattentiveness. Um, I know that sometimes, but I think that maybe we were just being like not paying attention some other way before, but, but I I know, like, I know I'll be like looking at my phone and Amanda will say something to me and I'll not get any of it. And, uh, but I don't know, maybe I'd be reading a book at some other time or watching a television show or, or whatever, you know, uh, cause now we're watching television shows while we're also on our, on our smartphones. I think maybe, uh, how much we, 
how it how, how much we um uh, absorb the media that we're paying for on our television um, is probably diminished by our smartphones a little bit. Um, I, I, but anyways, that's, that's a different topic. But but yeah, I don't I don't think people were going to coffee shops to be like, hey, I'm gonna go meet a new friend. I'm gonna go. Well, I'm, I'm gonna go get no. jazzed up on caffeine and start talking to people. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Just seems weird. Like really, what the crux of this? Is, like what the what they really don't like. And, and I understand this as a, as a business. Like, you don't want people coming in, logging onto your Wi Fi, yes. ordering a dripped co- yes, drip coffee. Yes, I was just going to say that. Yeah, ordering a drip coffee and being there for five hours and taking yep. up a seat. That's for a exactly customer that what might this actually is. be buying food and whatever. You because know. you don't need Wi Fi to have a distraction from a device, right? We all have right. data plans. Like, right, exactly. You don't need the Wi-Fi. All they're really trying to do is make sure nobody's like posting up with their laptop for five hours and drinking refills of drip coffee. Right. That's exactly what this is. It's not a comment on culture. It's a business thing where they're like, yeah, we don't want you hanging out here all day. Exactly. And, and that was, um, I remember back when I lived in Vermont, so it was around 2012, like there was a, there was a coffee shop that was right, you know, very close to the university. Um, but it was well known for not having Wi-Fi, And, and so, um, it, because, and they, so like, you know, of course the local paper went to talk to them, like, why don't you offer Wi-Fi? It's because they were like, well, college kids would come here, order nothing, and sit here for six hours and, and then no one would like people, you know, they were in a, a downtown core area where if you saw that coffee shop full, you might move to a different coffee shop. Um, so people wouldn't come and sit down. And, and I understand that, but at the same time, you can, you can probably, I mean, there's probably other ways than to just like be snarky about like, Oh, pretend it's 1995, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. So in 1995, they probably were, you probably hadn't, if you're a coffee shop, you probably had newspapers sitting there like for free for people to grab and right. read. And you probably, you might've even had a bookshelf with books on it for people to read or people would bring in a book and you wouldn't be like, how dare the, look at that person reading a book. How dare right. they? How dare they? They should be talking to somebody. Yeah. Like who, what are they doing reading the newspaper? <sighs> Terrible. But the funny thing is a lot of people are probably are reading books on their devices. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably reading a book probably. on their laptop or their cell phone or their tablet or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just about, you know, protecting your, you, the space you have in your business from just being, you know, overrun. But, uh, there's a lot of cafes that probably do really well because they offer Wi-Fi and they offer good Wi-Fi. So people go there to work. And I know when I go someplace and I do this quite often because I work from home. And sometimes you just need to get out of your house. Yep. Like I just make sure, you know, once every so often and, uh, um, and this sucks cause I'm, I don't drink a lot of caffeine. So I have to like try to find like, uh, where they have that rooibos tea doesn't have any caffeine in it. Um, it's not super good, but I just feel like, it, you know, I gotta buy something. I'm just like paying the toll cause I'm taking up a space. Sure. The less people are in there, the less compelled I feel to do that. Of course, like if it's not that full, then I really, I don't like care as much. Um, but, uh, but if, but if it's a full place, I'm definitely, you know, like every hour I'm going back at least to, you know, go up and buy, you know, another thing, um, which is totally fine with me. Like if this is someone's business and, um, if I'm taking up a seat, I'm, I'm going to be a customer. Um, so, but yeah, like, um, 
I know I'm not the only one that does. I know not everyone does that. So I understand why the uh, cafe would not want to offer Wi-Fi because they don't want people sitting on their laptops. But yeah, they don't need to pretend. If they're saying pretend it's 95, like, well, they don't need to pretend that that's why you put that up there. You're just, <laughs> you're just sick of like people just posting up yeah. on their laptop for well, and writing a term look, paper. If the place is busy, like like personally, like I feel like, okay, it kind of depends on how busy the place is, right? Like... Like if they're super busy and I'm like hanging out, having a coffee, then I'll probably like go, you know, maybe order, you know, a pay, another pastry or something, you know, like I'll, you know, I'll do something to kind of justify my existence there. But, it, you know, if it's a place where, well, like, for example, this place where the picture was apparently taken that looks totally empty, <laughs> it's like, you know, what are you stressing about? Like, I don't know. People, I think people tend to go to coffee shops that are busier anyway. Like there's an element of like, you know, like, I don't know if anybody's ever said this to you, but like, um, you know, I once got a piece of advice, Hey, when you're traveling, you know, just like drive, you know, if you're driving downtown or whatever, just look for the restaurants that are busy and go there because the food's probably good. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, if I see a coffee shop that's got tons of people in it, then yeah, coffee's probably good and it's probably a good place to hang out. So I might do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who does that. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, that's that's you know, that's obviously now we have like um, so many ways to uh, look at reviews for restaurants. That is true. <laughs> that's that definitely is true. an old school way, but like, um, but yeah, it's you know, that I, I think that there isn't a natural. I mean, like people will go wait in a line because because it, they think that these people must be waiting for something interesting, um, and so it's like a natural like thing for humans to like be drawn to what the crowd is doing and and that must be the good thing but yeah so and um truly also like i like a busy atmosphere um i always am very productive when i'm like traveling for work to events where there's like tons of people around and it's crazy it's just that like that that you know that kind of intensity gives me like this energy to get work done um so that's why i'll kind of you know, sometimes if I'm feeling, you know, that I'm just having a productive lull at home, I'll go to a coffee shop. And if I go to like a completely empty coffee shop, like I don't get anything done. But if I go to a, like a coffee shop that's full and I feel like I need to focus because I don't want to, I'll put my headphones on and I'll just be like, I got to focus in. Um, uh, like, and there's some, there's some level of this, like, you don't want to be the dude that's just like looking at Facebook and Twitter while you're at the coffee shop. So you're like, oh, I gotta be doing something, you know, like, um, so I'll do that. I do go to, you know, if it's, if it gets a little like later, I'll, I'll go to a, I'll go to a bar and have a beer and do some work as well. And if, but I, I've tried that in the middle of the day, like get lunch at a bar like or at a beer bar or something and then do, get my laptop out and, and start working. But I notice like when no one's around, like I just don't feel compelled to do anything. So yeah, I do like from a, from a business, from a productive standpoint, I much prefer there to be people around. And I always know, like I, I, I could probably start tracking it, but if I show up at a coffee shop and like I'm snagging the last available seat or something, like I'll just like, get locked in and I'll start working. Um, and, and I'll probably also like be more like aware of, you know, how much money I'm spending and, and probably spend a little more, but, um, just cause I, you know, if I'm drinking the coffee, I have to get up to pee anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but, 
or do or and then my you watch have to, tells and then you have me, to have that uncomfortable like hey can you watch my computer while i'm going to the bathroom yeah yeah you, yeah well i have the the watch now that tells me to stand up i was gonna like, say hey, hey person that i've been sitting next yeah. to for the last hour i seem to trust you now can you watch my computer oh yeah <laughs> i don't even do that because it doesn't make a difference like if you ask them they're going to say yes and it, so what are they going to do? Like, what, what difference is it going to make? Like, they, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you're making them aware that you own that computer and it's not some other person, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't think it makes much of a difference. So I don't even bother. I just leave my shit there and I, I, I take my phone, um, and I close my laptop. Yeah. You um, have a Mac anyway. So you've got, you know, find my Mac. Yeah. Yeah. You can, exactly. You're like, yeah, go ahead and steal it, bitch. I'll yeah, find you. I'll find you. I'll find yeah. you. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, whatever, man, like 1995, no one, everyone was just walking around, talking to each other. Um, that's why grunge was so popular in the nineties because it was all about everyone being happy and talking to each other all the time. Um, it was, it was super great. Like people just made friends constantly. Um, you know, they just, they just had these human, they never read a newspaper, um, I, I know you never, they wouldn't have newspapers sitting out at coffee places or anything. Like it was just, there was no distractions. We just all just talked to each other and we definitely didn't just sit there awkwardly if we didn't talk to each other because you know, when your phone dies, you definitely just start talking to everyone around you. Right. You know, that's yep. what you do. Yeah. Cause that's what people without phones and wifi do. Cause we all need to just be constantly right. talking to someone where that's everyone's impulse. But yeah, whatever. That was really, it's always fun to make fun of uh, people who think they're making some commentary on the world and they're actually just uh, being stupid. Yep. All right, man. You got any other, you got any, got any kid stories? You got any, anything else to talk about? Um, No, I actually don't have any good kid stories. We were getting ready to go camping. So Ooh. I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah we're going fun. to uh, Lake Sylvia. Which is out by Montesano. So we're going to go do that for a few days. I'm going to get the episode mixed up and uploaded and posted to the site. And uh, Doing some midweek camping so yeah. you're not going to be bothered by others. You won't have yeah. to worry about engaging. I think there's lots of people around us, but, uh, but we were actually able to get a site because we are going in the middle of the week, which is one of the super nice things about vacation. I don't have Absolutely. to wait till the weekends when it's all busy. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to, uh, take the, uh, ferry up to Vashon. I have no idea what's up there to look at, but Amanda seemed excited about it. So yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. There's no soccer games this week. I don't even know what I'm going to go, go do. What are you even going to do? It's Tacoma beer week, but I kind of went pretty hard last week. So I feel like, all right, that's, you have your fun events. I'm just going to, just gonna take a break, but yeah, yeah. It's always beer week for me. Always. Yeah. I mean, there are worse weeks. All right, man. All well, right. Uh, no, no talk of B and the and your kids t- today. Uh, sparing our listeners um, <laughs> for for that. We just did our yeah. pop. We brought back a pop culture segment. We did. For, we did for do the that the first time in probably months. Feel good um, about that. So, if you like that, or especially if you like the WSU talk, 
uh, please go ahead and rate us five stars on whatever app you're using. Or if you're using any app, just go ahead and go onto the Apple Podcast app and rate us five stars on there, even if you don't um, download it from there. Um, just because uh, that's where most people do it, so it's, it gets um, it gets uh, it shows up when people search for things, and we, so we appreciate that. If we're getting if we're getting ratings, then it then it's more likely to show up if people search for you know WSU podcasts or whatever. So we appreciate it if you do that. Um, also, if you can um, go ahead and subscribe on whatever service you're on, then it just gets sent straight to your, your device. You don't have to think about it. And football season's starting pretty soon. Um, you're going to have our podcast showing up. You're going to have um, Michael Preston's Kook Center Hour showing up. So you're going to have lots of uh, fun Kook talk. Maybe you're, um, if you're caught driving to uh, to Pullman and maybe you're in a dead spot, it'd be nice to have that thing downloaded on your phone. You can just fire it up. It'll work anyway. Um, so, yeah, so we hope to cover some of your drive Um um, uh, come football season, but anyway, subscribe to us. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Go Cougs. Go Cougs.